All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Farmland Hunter podcast. We got a pretty good episode here today. We got Mr. Scott Zarefoss with us. Um, you want to say hi, Scott? How you doing? <laughs> so um, what do you do? I'm a director of a weatherization program for Tableland Services in Somerset. Um, that's my, my daytime job. I also have a home inspection business that I do in the evenings, but uh, if I'm not in the woods, that's what I'm usually doing. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, I guess we brought you on today to talk about turkey hunting and all that kind of good yeah, stuff. Yeah, you had a pretty cool experience last year. Definitely. Yep, for sure I did. You want to go ahead and explain a little bit uh, what, so, you, what you got to do? Yeah, last year, um, one of my best friends, I've been hunting with him since we've been kids, Kirk Sherbine. He yep. has PFC Outdoors. Uh, we had been planning for a long time. We've talked about trying to go somewhere to, to do a, get a Grand Slam. And uh, Kirk is good friends with um, the guys from the Bearded Buck, the, the TV show that's on the Sportsman's Channel. So um, we were able to actually go out. Kirk and I went to Nebraska for a week, and um, Kirk and I hunted together, just the two of us, for the first three days. And then we went and hooked up with the guys at the Bearded Buck and just had a blast. Uh, it was a lot more difficult than I ever thought it would be on our own. But once we got with those guys and learned how, how you hunt turkeys out there, because it's completely different than around here, uh, we all were re really successful and just had a, had a real good time. I remember actually last year when you guys were out there, I actually remember watching like the Instagram stories and yeah. seeing like everybody out there doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, so that's, was, that cool. is pretty cool. What was it like with like the having the cameras and like the, the TV show side of it? Like what did that affect compared to like just going out with you and Kurt? Right. Well, it was um, obviously I never did anything like that. So at first it was really like nerve wracking. Um, but then, you know, after you kind of were with those guys, they're such good guys to be with. They just made you feel really at ease. And uh, you kind of forgot the cameras were even around you mm -hmm. then. So it, it turned out really good. But um, I haven't seen any of the footage yet. I believe uh, the new season starts, I think, in May. <clears throat> so that'll be cool. I'm anxious to see how it comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'll be cool. That'll be kind of weird seeing yourself on the outdoor yeah. channel. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's cool. And how many did you shoot? One or two out there? I shot two. Wow, that's sick. That yeah, cool. yeah. And uh, you know, the the turkey purists will say that they weren't a true Rio or a true Merriam. In my mind, they were. Uh, you know, I shot one with a white tip tail feathers, and I shot one with the caramel. So, uh, in my mind, I shot you know one of each species because that's what Nebraska is. That the for. hybrid that we were talking so, about? Because we were talking about that the other day, and we had a question about that. Yeah. So like. In Nebraska, you know how you have your Merriams on like the um, western half, and like you have your easterns and stuff on like right. the east half, and they have that line in the middle where they can get like interbreed and stuff. Right. And you get those hybrids, but so you shot a Merriams and like a Rio Grande yes. down in the bottom. Yep. So that's, that's cool. Um, have you hunted down in Florida yet? Next year. Oh, <laughs> oh that'll be nice. Yeah, that's the plan. Uh, Kirk and I both uh, have talked about it since well since last year in Nebraska, and we we did good there. So we said. Florida's next on the list. Yeah. My cousin actually just got back. Um, the guy I was talking about with you earlier, uh, Dave Miller, he just got back. He finished up his Grand Slam down in Florida. Oh, great. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It looks fun. I I want to – that's my next thing. I want to do my Grand Slam. Yeah. I've, I've been looking at places out in Nebraska or um, Wyoming, South Dakota, doing Merriams. I love that white tip fan. Yeah, there's it's something. Just, it's majestic. They um, The birds are so different to hunt. I heard you know, last your, your show you did last, last show you did about turkey hunting – about reaping yeah and that's really how you hunted them out there um kirk and i we got our butt speed the first couple of days trying to call to him and both of us have been turkey hunting a long time and we thought it was going to be easy and you could hear birds 
all you know all day but they were all flocked together and we really didn't know about the reaping part of it that they do out there and then once we got with the bearded buck guys um they you know that's that's what you did you could call to them and they to, they would answer but you really didn't call them in like you do around here it's completely different is so that, oh, is that because of hunting pressure or just that's the way I, I think it's just the way the birds are out hmm. there yeah they're real aggressive that's kind of what I wanted to say. So I actually just saw something today. I'm not sure if it was like the National Wild Turkey Federation. They had these guys on and they were talking. And they said about how birds like the Easterns, they, you know, they can't rely on sight as much as out there. Out there, it's wide open. Yes. So those birds, it's eyesight. When they see that fan, they, have, they can commit to that. But here, the, these birds are in hardwoods. I mean, they hear something gobble or chirping or doing something. They have to go walk to see it to find out. They okay. can't just look 400 yards away. Yep, there, that's a turkey. They have to walk over to find what it is that out makes there. Sense. They don't. That, that's kind of made sense to me, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because so. out there, like, how much timbers in that area and how much of it's, like, open? It's a lot of wide open areas, but then you'd have these, what they call coolies or, you know, big ravines that had the timber in. And then the, the flocks would be huge. Like, you know, there might be... 50 60 birds because there's a lot of, a lot of trees mm -hmm. so whenever you did find a, a roosting area they were all there um so it was just it was it was so different but it was a lot of fun i don't know i i'd have a heart attack if i got in there underneath <laughs> them in the morning and there was like 20 birds goblin yeah I'd, I'd probably have a heart attack i'd fall over i wouldn't even be able to hunt <laughs> what do you think the bird numbers out there are compared to here um you know it's a good question where we were at um we were with an outfitter that's real good friends with with Jerry from the Bearded Buck, uh, and they go a lot there. Um, so we, you know, we, we saw birds every day. We saw birds just about everywhere we went, um, but there was a lot of places that were um, private grounds we couldn't hunt on whenever that was just Kirk and I together. But um, I, I would say they've got to have a big population of birds there because there was a lot of birds around yeah I, I always wonder about that i heard about a state we were talking about this before i forget where it's at somewhere down near like arizona or somewhere the guy said about he got on this private ground there was only like three roost trees on the whole property yeah. and he said there was like 50 birds in these three trees he's like everybody was trying to hunt them he's like everybody was underneath these trees waiting for the morning for them to fly down and he said that's it there yeah. was no, now it was we, wide open we didn't see any other hunters around where we were at which and we covered like a ton of ground um and the hunting pressure just there, there can't be much where because we covered miles and miles even in the car you know the trucks driving around or, or where we were hunting and never saw anybody else in the woods huh. so it's not like around here. No. Around here, yeah. first day of turkey season, everybody's got camo on driving around uh, in their truck. Yeah, 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 way different. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that was. I always thought like the Florida hunting thing would be cool, but like you're down in the swamps in yeah. there, and like I see like they put the Crocs on, they're like wading through the water in their Crocs yeah. and stuff. Snake, snake chaps. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's. I would see a snake in the water and be like, ah, huh. or like a big spider, I'd be done. <laughs> So, um, when did you start turkey hunting? Young, older? Very young. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, there was no youth season whenever I was young. Okay. But my dad um, was involved with the National Wild Turkey Federation. They started the chapter here in Somerset probably around 1980. That's going to date myself a little bit. <laughs> um, but uh, I was involved with him and a lot of. You know, I'll probably reference my dad a lot during the show just because there's so many things that you know, I've learned from him and, and his group of friends. But um, I don't think I was 12 when I started really getting 
hooked, you know. Yeah. And you know what it's like whenever you get the fever. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I'd say I was probably around 10 or so whenever I really started getting into calling a lot and, and being interested in it. Yeah, that's about when I got started. I, my cousin took me out cheese. Um, I just turned 12. I was only 12 for like a month. And he took me out and I shot my first bird on the opening morning, which that helps. Like when you're young and you're <laughs> yeah. that getting to shoot something on the opening yeah. morning on your first time, that really gets you hooked. Absolutely. It helps. So yeah, ever since then it's it's been just growing ever since my passion for it. Yep. But, yeah. Yep. When did you shoot your first bird? Um, you know, I I tr- I thought about that earlier this week and I, I think it was it would have been right when I was twelve, but it was in the fall and it was a, a real good friend of mine, Mike. Um my dad and his dad hunted together, and uh, they would drag us around the woods all over the place, you know, and a lot of times you'd be hanging on the back of their uh-huh. coattails. And, but I remember Mike and I were, uh, it was up outside of Berlin, and um, it was in the fall, and just, this bird just happened to appear like in front of us, you know, mm-hmm. and we didn't know anything what we were doing, and we both took a shot at it, and the bird went down. Yeah. So, like, he kept the, the, the feet, and I kept the beard, you know. Oh, it was, that's it's cool. funny, but that's cool. we, still have the, we still have the picture of him and I together, and we were kids with that's that. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. What were the turkey numbers like back then compared to now? Like, was were there a decent amount of turkeys? Or? Um, I always was was lucky enough to hunt areas that had turkeys, and and most of my hunting is actually done on game lands. But um, That's cool. we hunted, uh, you know, areas that just always had turkeys. But I think the population's way better now. I know the game commission has some things out that you know the the, the numbers are down, but um, I I don't think. It's near as bad as what, you know, what, what you're making Yeah, I was, I, we were just talking about that on the last podcast. You hear about what the game commission says, and I don't think they're they totally know what they're talking about because they don't get out and they talk to the people in the woods. Yeah, they're just ba- basing stuff off of numbers and estimates. They need to put feelers out, talk to people. Like I've seen more turkeys this year than I have any year, just in a big flock. Before they started to split up, I saw the most turkeys I ever saw. There was like almost 50 yeah and there was like 12 long beers that was the most birds i've ever seen in a group together around here right yeah i've been seeing a lot of birds just recently and and, and some big flocks like you were saying i mean it's i, th- I think the numbers are, are good at least right here where we're at yeah that's that's the thing we're in a nice little area i don't know what it's like across the united states everybody i yeah. it kind of comes around every year i said this before every single year around turkey season it seems like across the United States, everybody's like, yeah, the turkey population's declining, the turkey yeah. population is declining. I think it's just like a thing year after year, yeah. it just comes around. But So you do deer hunting as well? I do, yep. Um, I, I I will hunt with a rifle if I have to, but I, I really enjoy archery season. Yeah, I love archery season. Uh, that's my favorite. And, and my buddies, uh, Mike, that I talked about earlier, that uh, we shot our first turkey together, he has a cabin uh, right down the borders on the game lands. It's, it's his dad's cabin, but... Uh, he lets us go there and hunt, and there's four of us usually go to his cabin every year for archery, and we take like a week or two off and just stay down there and hunt. Yeah, that's good. So, uh, what kind of boat do you shoot? A Hoyt. Hoyt? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Maybe we should have rethought this. <laughs> <laughs> we got our Matthews gear on yeah. right now. <laughs> I, honestly, I'm not a, uh, I have a crossbow, um, and I'm not afraid to talk about it. Um, I, you know, I just get joy of being outside and, and yeah. doing whatever. Yeah. But I'm not a big Hoyt it doesn't matter to me. I'm left-handed, so at the time, whenever I got mine, it's several years old. It was the only left-handed bow mm-hmm. that I actually got to shoot and try. So, I always like thought, like, man, I'm really glad that I'm right-handed, especially with the archery world. Like, there's barely like any archery equipment out there yeah. for left-handed people. It's tough, yeah. 
And plus, like, getting into archery, like, it'd be so tough because, like you said, it was the only one you found. Going, like, to find someone else that has a left-handed bow to, like, try out and shoot exactly. is so tough, too. Yeah. Yeah, it would be hard. Yeah. So, when did you shoot your first buck? Um, that I shot when I was 12. Uh, I do remember that, you know, very vividly. Yeah, I was, I've been very lucky, um, you know, in hunting. I, you know, I, I, I'll never say that I'm really good at it, but I've been really lucky at it. Um, and uh, I've been able to take advantage of you know, the time I spend in the woods. So Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and you hunt game lands. Like, what's that like turkey hunting compared to private land? Like, I'm sure when you go out, I'm sure you're not the only one calling to these birds in the morning. Yeah, it's a little tough um, at times. Um, I, you know, I hunt, like last year, I think I hunted every day of the season except for two. So during the week, um, you know, I'll go before work in the mornings. And um, it's, it's a lot better then. Uh, obviously the weekends you know there's, there's a lot of guys around uh, where the one area i hunt uh is very hard to get to and um not many guys go into it so that helps you know yeah. if you get away from the, the crowds how do your tactics change when you're hunting private land versus like public like ground blinds um decoys that whole sort of thing uh i don't use a ground blind i, I never have uh i have one that i might use this year uh, if I can get my dad out, he's got some health issues, um, but I might go and put it up in an area where I can get him to, you know, fairly easy. But um, on private land, I'm not afraid to use decoys and actually put a, you know, a decent decoy set up. Um, on the game lands, I normally don't, especially if I'm around fields and stuff, uh, just because not that I'm worried about somebody coming in and shooting, but I just don't want to have people see Oh, you know, there's yeah. somebody else or anything uh-huh. well there must be a lot of birds here you know? yeah that makes sense so makes i just yeah i mean if i'm down in a, in a big hollow or something where you know i know there's nobody around i'll put some decoys out that's probably the biggest difference um as far as my calling and stuff i just i don't have a, a preference of how i think i just every situation is different yeah yeah, yeah. so you know it just you just play it by by what the birds are doing what, uh, do you use mouth calls slate? What do you? What's your go-to? Uh, mouth call is my favorite, uh, but I do. I, I like a slate for the purr, you know. And I really have a nice slate call that uh, um, I got last year before we went to Nebraska, and it, it sounds really good. So I use both. What kind of brand do you use mouth calls? Why are you not particular? Um, I'm a little particular um, just because the, my mouth is small. So uh, there's a guy here in Somerset that makes some Bill Wagner. Uh, Wagner game calls and they just fit me really good and uh, he does a really good job with them hmm. so I've been using his calls probably the last three or four years that's what we were talking about like I can put different I've I don't know I've tried probably four or five different brands of mouth calls and certain ones I can make sound perfect and other ones I'll put them in it sounds like I've never even tried yes. before yeah me too like yeah. zinc I use zinc just because that's what works for me um, and it just seems to work like I have primos I can use primos um, but I tried like Quaker Boy. I can't even, I, it sounds like a duck. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even get it to run. Yeah. It's amazing how different they are. And some are just really hard to use. Yeah. I think it's your mouth has like a big thing. Like mm. you said, like yeah. the shape of your mouth, how you blow your air through your mouth. I think it all plays a role in how yeah. you can make one sound. I got sure. this call. It was like, I don't know if you heard of Top Calls. It was like at an archery shop up in Williamsport. And when, you, when I bought it, I didn't really pay attention, but I put it in and like this thing was tiny. Like, the U part, the metal part is smaller than other calls, and then they trimmed it down real small. So, like, when you get, like, I use HS Strut a lot, you put them in there, and they're, like, they're a good size. And then you put that little thing in, and you're, like, totally, like, it takes you, like, a minute or two just to, like, get, re- get, get like, 
relearn basically a little bit how to like call with that yeah. particular one i've noticed uh, even with my calls that i use and i carry them around in my truck with me like yeah. i'm always just when i'm driving around because i drive my wife nuts at home if i'm done <laughs> yeah but um even with the calls that i i run every day you know it, it always takes me a good minute or two of making some really bad sounds till it starts flowing mm-hmm. you know so i know i know what you're saying do you pick one when you go out in the morning and then that's just what you roll with or do you have one you always like to use or i have one that i kind of is my go-to yeah. but there's there's actually three different ones that i carry with me all the time and they'd all just have a little bit of different pitch to them um so there again you know if, if the birds aren't answering to one thing i'll switch it up and just see if you know what works yeah i, th- I always like to think of it like you hear a woman talking to you like mm-hmm. some girls have that really high pitched like when they talk yeah like, oh, that's kind of annoying then you have these other women uh, that have that nice voice it's the same thing to the turkeys i yeah. think I, I that's just me thinking but and the old raspy ones like the old hens i was saying like some old lady with a smoker's <laughs> yeah. cough real raspy yeah <laughs> that's, that's, what's that's funny it. about it is you know you can if you get the right bird, it doesn't matter what sound you make. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. true, too. You know, it's, you can be the best caller in the world and never, you know, if the bird's not ready to come in, it's not coming. But Yeah. Well, that's like the other day you called that one in with your mouth. <laughs> yeah, I was going to set up a trail camera. This is the first year that I've really set up trail cameras to watch turkeys. I just like I just like to get pictures of them. So I'm down here in this bottom, and I'm setting this camera up. I look down to the gas line, and there's a turkey there. I can see it as a long beard. So I was like, I'm just going to sit down a second. I wait for him to get out of the field, but he just stayed there and he stayed there. I was like, oh, maybe I'll call to him with my mouth. <laughs> I started calling to him and he walked right across, jumped across the little ditch that goes across and walked 15, 20 yards from me. Nice. And then just walked up through the woods. I was like, holy smokes, that just happened. If it had been turkey season, I could have shot him. <laughs> yeah, it's always fun to see. I, I enjoy that. Last weekend, we were down at uh, for the opening day of trout season at my cousin's property and he doesn't let anybody hunt turkeys there. He, he just likes to have them around. But we came back at lunchtime. He said, put a call in. He said, I bet there's a turkey around here. And as soon as I called, two of them started gobbling. So I sat there <laughs> on his porch and started calling. I had my phone out, you know, video. And they came right up through the hall, for the right behind his cabin, right up in the opening, strutting and gobbling. It was <laughs> that awesome. is cool. Yeah. That is cool. It was fun. Yeah. How's your trout? How was trout fishing? Not very good. Oh, uh, really? Nah. <laughs> I caught, I'm not a very good fisherman. I don't have a lot of patience. And, uh, but it it was cold you know uh, okay but we go for the fun of it was that kind of like was that just where you're at or was that for everyone or i talked to a lot of guys that didn't do real well hmm. so i'm not sure but uh, yeah the weather kind of probably played a little bit yeah of a little it was yeah. pretty cold yeah i know nothing about trout i've never gone i went once but it wasn't like really trout fishing i would say i don't know yeah i'm not i'm not much of a fisherman yeah <laughs> yeah same here we'll, st- we'll stick to hunting yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> So do you watch a lot of birds? Do you videotape them? Do you do that? I do. Um, I, I got more into it now, I think, the older I'm getting. You know, the technology was never... Yeah, there. Like, you know, in the last couple of years. Um, so now I'm kind of really getting into it. Um, I have a real good friend. His daughter just fell in love with turkey hunting. She was 11 last year, and she went... I bet she went with me almost every day before school. Like, she was a diehard. Wow. And I could not get her a bird. You know, and I, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is the only thing I wanted to do. In the last week of the season, I located one in the evening, took her out the next morning, and I didn't even call to it. I just knew where they were coming into, and we put our decoys up. It was on some ground up by my house, and um, I didn't take my camera with me, and I, I, I just didn't think of it. But uh, I had her sitting right with me, and the hen came in first, and I just wasn't thinking, and I should have just had her get her safety off her gun. 
because it would have been the perfect video setup. Uh, and this bird came in, and I had my gun. I had my second tag, which I wasn't planning on using. But I had my gun sitting down beside me, and it would have just been so great to have a video camera. If this big long beard came in to the setup we had, and she went to take her safety off, and it just something messed up. You know, she was she was worked up too, and the gun made a real loud click, and that bird just looked and took off running. Oh. And if if we had a video camera, that would have been perfect. But I was able to get the bird, and I reached down and got my gun, and just went out and boom, and I got it. Because it was <laughs> like the last Thursday of the season. And I, I, I like she was heartbroken, but I didn't want it to get away. Like, yeah. you know, I wanted her to see it, but it was a it was a nice bird. <laughs> I the only turkey. I mean, I've been lucky. I've killed seven birds, and I'm just now twenty. And the only bird that I missed, uh, I mean, I was like thirteen. I think it might have been my second season or third season. And we were hunting on here on the farm, and we had a ground blind set up, had decoys out. It actually was the first of May. It was snowing. And this bird's hammering behind us. He comes walking up through, huge beard, and is dragging on the ground. He had this big white dot in his tail fan, which you don't see very yeah, often. Yeah. Just a huge bird. And snow's pouring down. He's gobbling. He steps into the decoys. I'm using my dad's old 20 gauge. It's a Mossberg 500. Just not the best gun. The sights, uh, those little ball sights. <laughs> I, don't, I like to have my red dot. And I pull up on him, and I shoot right as he gobbles and when he gobbled i shot and he like sucked his head in and you saw like the whole wad like my cousin's bitch he like went right past him and he took off running my cousin's really good at calling he started calling again he started to walk back towards the decoys i shot again missed him oh jeez. <laughs> then he was gone and my cousin was so worked up i've never seen him so worked up he was like shaking he's like that bird was huge i was like i know i just missed him that's misses are sometimes as memorable as getting one yeah that's uh, that was probably one yeah. of the funnest hunts i ever had i'll never forget it yeah you it know? seems like even the ones you don't get like you always learn something valuable absolutely by yeah, yeah for sure yeah that i think the the most memorable hunt for me turkey hunting is probably me and my girlfriend here we were sitting last year and i watched these birds all spring from like middle of march till the first day i knew where they were coming out i set a blind up put the decoys out there and they didn't they gobbled on the roost and then they flew down and they have like a 400 yard walk to get up onto our property and they were quiet i was like man i hope they're coming because you it's the hillside drops off so even if you look behind you you can't tell if they're right. coming and we're just sitting there and i was like i'll reach out with my slate call I'll see if i can do a few clucks see if i can get one answer well i reached up to the end of the blind and right as soon as i got ready to put the call to the edge i saw this tail fan right beside the blind and you can ask emily when the bird turned his tail fan brushed the ground blind oh geez it was the craziest thing yeah it, it was the emily's shaking her head yes right now it was it brushed the <laughs> it brushed i wish i had the see-through blind like i have one now yeah you could have seen him it, his tail fan brushed the blind you heard it go <laughs> he walks out to the decoys which ended up being the bird she shot he's standing there at the decoys all puffed out bumping into him bunch of hens and jakes in front of us i was like just wait a second i was like there's other birds coming we we're gonna try and do a double we hear like five or six gobble right beside the blind. Two step out about, I don't know, 30 yards out to the right. They're all uh, strutting. I could see the one was a double beard. I watched them all spring. 
so we're sitting there like guns. I was like, just wait, we're going to count to three. So we're counting. Uh, it's not working out. They're moving. And finally got it lined up, and we both shot at the same time and dropped. Oh, and nice. That was, that was the craziest Did you have thing. your camera running? No, I, that's, I had it, <laughs> that's, that's I had it set up. I had it set up right there. It was even on and everything, but I was going to reach up and press the record button, but that whole thing happened, and I couldn't even get it on. It would have been a crazy hunt. Do you guys yeah. ever use the tactic cams? No, I, I've thought about getting one. But uh, I have a GoPro now, okay, and I got a mount for it for my shotgun. So I'm thinking about putting that on. And I think you just got a GoPro. Yeah, yeah. It actually came in. I was messing with it today, and I don't know if like through the Wi-Fi transfer. Like I wonder. I don't know. I have to play around with it, but it's not as clear as I thought it would be. Yeah. Even with the linear, but it's it's clear enough. But do you have a Tacticam? I don't. But when we were out with the bearded buck guys, <clears throat> um, they they use a ton of them. Uh, you know, we had a cameraman with us that had, you know, the, the regular camera, but they would set the GoPros up. Well, they put them on your gun, um, but then they would set them up on posts, like out in the field in front of, and they had like so many different angles. It was really neat. We'd come <laughs> back at nighttime and they'd, you know, they'd pull up their computer and start editing all the footage and stuff. Oh, yeah. And I, I was amazed how many different angles and how they could sync all those together. And it How was... much of a team did they take out besides you guys to process them? Like how many guys would go out with you? With you and Kirk. Well, when Kirk and I would go out, we had one cameraman with us, and they would mic us up, and you know they'd had put the tactic cams on our guns. Jerry and his son Austin had another cameraman with them, um, and then they were with um, Blaine Gibbons was the outfitter, uh, super guy. We stayed at his house, but um, Blaine was usually with them, and then he would put us with like a one of his guides it's like a you know a local kid it was a farmer that would just watch the birds and stuff um jerry and austin tagged out real early so then it was like all hands on deck for me and kirk and it was really cool because those guys are so great like they're if you watch their show that's how they are in person they're just down to earth and they like they wanted us to get birds so bad because they knew we were out for like three or four days before them and we mm -hmm. struck out and then they got right away so it, they pretty much said everybody we're going to get these two guys birds and that's cool it turned out great it's yeah. fun when people like we were talking about this like uh, michael waddell it's cool when you see people in the hunting industry that are big yeah it's so awesome to see them when they're nice and down to earth people yeah yeah it's just it's good yeah to we see. had a blast with those guys and we'd come back and like jerry he likes to cook so he's big traeger is one of their sponsors yeah, yeah. so he had the traeger out there and he'd cook you know <laughs> 10 o'clock at night he'd still be cooking and telling <laughs> stories and it was just a lot of fun it was it was a really good experience yeah hunting camps are always fun like we went out to nebraska on a mule deer hunt in 2020 six of us this little cabin not even the size of this house it was just really small and we were all stacked in there and just the trip out in the vehicle yeah and then like out there and the trip back that was more memorable than the hunting part of sure. it sure it was that that's the fun part to me yeah, and those are the things you should, you know, you're, you're young enough now. I'll tell you, this is one thing that my dad told me when I was young. I was always asking questions, you know, how many deer have you shot? You know, and he was like, I don't know. And, but he, he, when I was young, he told me, he said, you need to start a journal and just basically write down, not just for how many things you kill, but, you know, it, it helps you down the road as far as the wind conditions. Like, I, I do it a lot different now than when I was younger. But uh, <clears throat> I take a look back at that journal now. And it's amazing, you know, I've been hunting 40 years, and you can really just, it, it's just a lot, it's neat. So if one thing with you guys being young, if you start doing that, you know, if you have kids down the road or grandkids, it's something that you can always look back on. I started doing cool. that That's a little That's a good bit. idea. It's, yeah. yeah. I started doing that a little bit with, like, uh, maybe not so much my hunting part. I do keep track of, like, what I've shot. I have a little uh, 
photo book. Like I'll print the pictures out and I'll put them in this little photo book so I have them. But with my trail cam pictures, if I have a certain buck that I watch, I'll I'll just write down every day that he comes in there, the moon phase, the wind, the temperature, right. all that kind of stuff, just to see. I mean, and what's crazy is um, I did it in 2019. I had a picture of a buck, and he, on July 9th at like I don't know, it was like nine o'clock at night. He showed up, and he had these squiggly brow tines. Had he started? It was just it was like the first week of July, so they're just getting started on their points up, and so he was hung around all year long the next year he wasn't there at all so you know bucks get killed every year you don't hear about it <laughs> july 9th 10 o'clock at night he showed up way bigger like 100 i don't know 40 inches like 11 wow. points, same squiggly brow times was like i thought it was the coolest thing in the world yeah because exact same almost it down to the hour a year later isn't he that showed crazy up. yeah that shows you how like their patterns are like yeah they're, like they're tight to their patterns. Maybe I mean certain bucks are different than other ones, but just a year later to the day to them is the hour. Yeah, that's crazy. It's like yeah. the ninth of July. Do you take the journal out with you then? Do you, or just when you no, go home, just, just write uh, in yeah. whatever. Yeah, and I got a little lazy lately. My son, um, you know, whenever he was younger, he hunted with me, but he lives in Pittsburgh now, and he doesn't really hunt. He just doesn't have the time to. So I kind of got a little lazy. I just I don't know why. I could, but, you know, I don't document near like I used yeah. to. But uh, I'll still write down, you know, what I got, you know, mm-hmm. how big it was the day of the week or whatever. So. And, like, we said, like, even, like, we're starting to do videos for hunting. Like, you know, maybe not many people watch them, but we'll have them forever. Like, once right. we edit a video out of our hunts, like, something we'll be able to, I'm sure, technology, knock on wood, should be around by then or still then. So our kids will be able to see it. And for generations, it's always going to be up on YouTube. We can always yeah. go back and watch it. Yeah, grandkids can watch it on YouTube. <laughs> like yeah, YouTube probably won't even be around yeah. then. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish uh, throughout the years, I, my dad and I both have said, man, if we just had a video camera, like there's been so many neat things. And now it's, it's easy to you know go out and video now. Yeah. If they're smaller, you know, back when I was younger, if you wanted to take a camera, it was a big, yeah. you know. <laughs> Hold it on your shoulder. Okay, I think yeah. I got it in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But there's so many cool things you can have on video, you know. So, yeah, if you can take it with you anytime you go, I'd be running it too. Yeah. I like videotaping in the preseason and stuff almost more than I like hunting sometimes. Like turkeys, I've been filming turkeys a lot, and uh, I have a pretty good video camera, and I have a good Vortex spotting scope, and I'll put, like, a thing on there for my phone. Yep. The other morning there, there was a bird strutting. He was only 100 yards off the road, and he's so used to the vehicles. I just pulled off the road, set up my stuff. He didn't even care. He was just pushing a hen around. I got some amazing pictures and videos of him. You could My spot scope at that range is good enough. I could see his spurs. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's it's pretty <coughs> cool. Yeah. yeah. You have that Tacticam, the long range. Uh, oh, yeah. I just got too. the – I'm going to try that. I just got the SD card for tonight. I bought the Tacticam Spotter LR. It clips okay. onto your um, spotting scope, and it – turns it into like a 4k video camera so i'm I'm curious how that's going to work out i wanted to get it before this week because there's a little bit of nice weather coming hopefully yeah yeah so i want (laughs) to use it (laughs) yeah this weather man like waking up this morning there's like snow on the ground it's like come on it's It's crazy before you came in me and uh, scott were talking about how like the birds by this time usually like springs here and they're always out in the field they're Mm -hmm. doing their whole thing but it snows and then it just sets them back like you don't see them for three days and then they come out when it gets nice and then it snows again uh-huh. and rains and then you don't see them for four or five days. It's like they go right back to their old patterns yeah. in the winter. You know, you get all excited, you start seeing them around uh-huh. and then boom, they're gone for three days. Yeah. It'll be weird to see how the later winter weather has affected them 
like this season because last year it got nice fairly early. early. It was yeah. one of our earliest springs ever. Yeah. The trees were budding. It was the first year on the first day of turkey season that the green leaves were started on the trees around here. Yeah. Usually that doesn't happen until like almost June. Like down in like where Emily lives in New Baltimore, they're like two weeks ahead of us. Yeah. And we were like right there with them like mm-hmm. two or three weeks before we normally are. So I'm curious to see if like maybe that'll help us. Like maybe the birds won't be quite as hand up. Maybe we'll be able to. That's what I'm hoping too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the first day should be because last year was kind of rough. It was. Yeah. With it was the tough. rain. I mean, a lot of Saturdays we had like. 40 degrees and like torrential downpours and yep. they just didn't they just didn't hopefully didn't come out they hopefully i was good as luck as i did last year last year i did pretty lucky <laughs> i bought my first two tags last year and i filled both of them within a week oh geez so i only went out two or actually i went out three times i sh- actually yeah i went out three times and i shot two birds so I, I did pretty good last year i'm hoping for that same luck this year <laughs> i i don't like like i like to tag out early but if i don't i'm never like too like two down because like you lose like how many hunts an entire season once yeah. you tag out unless that, you go out with someone but I'm, I'm like that for deer season but in turkey season like i usually only get like the first week and a half because with the farm oh, we yeah. start playing corn and stuff so then it's like totally done so like if i can get one in that first week and a half right. i'm done pretty much and i'd be able to get two i was like yes. i usually yeah. take a week off <clears throat> this year i'm taking the first week of may off so i'm hoping <clears throat> but i always have there's a lot of people that like that I go that I take out yeah and I'm to the point now where I you know I'm there to shoot a bird if I can but for me calling them in for somebody else like I I enjoy that probably more now than than me even shooting one like I said my buddy's daughter if I can't get her a bird this year I don't know what I'm gonna do because <laughs> she's like a she's a diehard and That's there was crazy. many days last year I was like oh I'm just getting wore out you know by the end of the season you're done and he'd call me up he's like hey Kayla wants to go tomorrow are you gonna go I'm like how can I say no? You know, she's yeah. still going at it. Yeah. Yeah. And she's going to go this year then too? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We've been talking a lot. <laughs> does she archery hunt or does she deer hunt at all or is she still? But yeah. Um, she does deer hunt and she's she's got a couple of deer. Um, their their family has a pretty big farm outside of Rockwood. And oh, okay. It's real good deer hunting there. So I, I think she's got several deer. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, it's good whenever you can hunt a lot and have a good farm that's i was lucky like growing up like there's lots of people that had to hunt public land and Mm -hmm. they don't have a big farm and they were asking permission to other people on and i was lucky like to have a whole farm to pretty much myself yeah and i had to self teach myself for bow hunting because nobody else in my family bow hunts so like i was always out there by myself trying to figure it out it's good though yeah it is it was a good experience (laughs) because now i have a lot more insight than some people do sure so i like learning from myself there's stuff that I look at that other people don't even think about. Like when I go into the woods, like I'll be thinking about stuff and other people are just like, uh, I don't even understand what you're even talking about. <laughs> like, yeah, it's when you think about 24 seven, like I do, you can kind of, when you walk into somewhere, it, you're not like an expert, but I don't know, it gives you that insight. Yeah. I think there's differences of like, I would say different success levels of hunters is depending on how much they put into it. Like, Hunting comes down to a lot of luck, but consistently having success, I think it comes down to a lot of little things, not just going in the woods, setting up on a deer trail, and, you know. Right. I mean, you can get lucky that way, but with archery hunting, it's there's a lot more that goes into it than your typical rifle hunters that hunt the first two days and, you yep. know. The guys that I hunt with in archery season, I was telling you about that have the cabin, um, we all put, like, a lot of time in the summer, um, of course, when you're on game lands, you, you can't put 
tree stands up you know, at certain times. Mm -hmm. There's a lot, and we hunt areas that are pretty hard to get to, but trail cameras, um, we have <clears throat> trail cameras all over the place. And, you know, and we started in the summertime, you know, and we're looking at them all through summer and early fall and kind of have a pretty good idea what we're going to be looking for come, come yeah. archer season. Yeah. I, uh, are you going to go with, uh, have you guys looked at the cell cams at all? I have not. No. No. Do you have service? That might be something. I mean, I'm I'm looking into them. I don't know. What are your thoughts on the cell cam? I don't. I, I don't know anything about them. No, but I've never even. I have a. I bought this thing at the sports show in Harrisburg. It goes. It clips on the end of your cell phone, and it's like a magnifying glass. We're going to, to Wyoming this summer to okay. Yellowstone. Oh, that'll be nice. So I wanted to get because I have a spotting scope, but I thought that's going to be a pain dragging out on the airplane, and then. <laughs> so I got yeah. this thing from my phone, but I don't know. I haven't used it yet. We'll see how it. I saw them. I saw that that guy there, and I looked at. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. That would be handy just to drag around like for us in the woods, just like or just like when we're out dinking around, just clipping on. You yeah, know, it's real small. Stuff. You know, it's light. Yeah, yeah you that's don't cool. want to pack all your stuff and you're just out there. You can keep it in your pocket. Like if something cool happens and you don't have uh -huh. any cameras, so yeah. Yeah, and I have this little tripod. And it's almost like these microphone stands, but they extend. So like I'll be able to put it, you know, right between my legs. Like if I have Kayla out hunting, mm -hmm. I can, you know, I, I think I should be able to film her just with my cell phone. But that's the only type of experience I have with a phone. Yeah, to you have to let us know how that works because I could come in handy a lot yeah, of times. Because like carrying camera equipment in, I mean, we haven't done it a whole lot. I haven't. It is a lot of extra, um, not really, I guess it is stress, but it's a lot of extra stuff to think about mm -hmm. when you're, like, I have a tripod. When I carry stuff in for turkey, especially turkey season, because there's a lot more stuff i got to carry in, um, I have, like, my tripod, the decoys, my shotgun, right. everything else yeah. I'm trying to drag into there. And to have that stuff, like the camera bag, to have it all set up, like when you get in there, you gotta set the tripod up, you gotta yep. get the camera on, you gotta do all this stuff. You can't just sit down and get your legs propped up and get your shotgun ready. You gotta get all this stuff, make sure your angles yeah. are good. Yeah. And it's pitch dark outside. Right, right. It's a lot more stuff to That's think That's kinda about. why I went with the GoPro, because it has a good, I mean, I don't know how it'll work, but it has, it has like 5.3K resolution, which is like really good, especially for a GoPro. It's like kinda crazy that they're that to that point now. Yeah. But I have it set that I don't even have to turn it on. I can literally just hit the red button on it. It'll turn on and start videoing. So at the bare minimum, like, I'll at least be able to get footage of, like, because I feel like a lot of times the unexpected stuff is, like, some of the best stuff. To it be, is. Like, you know, so I don't know. I'm going to try that this year and see how it goes. I'm going to try the camera that you that you had, too. Yeah. I was zooming in with that thing, and it is crazy how far it zooms in. I like a camera with zoom just for screwing around and like uh -huh. if you can see like my camera it has uh what they call a 60 time optical zoom and there's a the church that you came by when you were coming down i'll sit up there and i can watch across to these fields down here and i mean that's a thousand yards and i can zoom it in like i'm looking at them from like 50 yards oh, or wow. 40 yards and i can that's get nice. good videos of them. yeah it is, it is kind of cool and i don't know if you've seen any of his videos that he have i have birds. yeah They're, that's crazy <clears throat> yeah for sure yeah i i don't know i love filming that's just my if yeah. i can get one on film like i like i said earlier i got my buck um on film last year in archery season if i can shoot a turkey on film like a good like full setup on mm -hmm. film I, that'll make me so happy yeah even just to get to see one coming into the decoys and getting the film, well, that'll make me happy yeah, too. Like yeah. if I don't get to kill one, if Emily gets to shoot one, that's fine with me. Like obviously we're gonna try and double again this year. I mean the chances of that happen are slim, but we're gonna try. 
But if she can just get one and I can get it on film, I think it'll be cool. Yeah, that's great if you can do it. <clears throat> yeah. What kind of shotgun do you use? And like, what's your setup? There? I actually just bought the new Mossberg 940. <clears throat> just okay. came out. Um, and I, I just patterned it, but I have a uh, holograph red dot sight on it. And um, so this will be the first year. But honestly, for I can't tell you how long, I've shot an old Mossberg 835. Being left-handed, there again, Mossbergs are one of the few that have the ambidextrous safes mm. without the... So I kind of am stuck with what I could use, but I've shot... I couldn't tell you how many turkeys with that old 835 Mossberg, hmm. three and a half. But this new one, it's a lot smaller gun, and uh, it's it's setup's really nice. So I'm anxious to see. Yeah, that'll be <clears> cool. What kind of red dot do you have on top? Like, is it a True Glow or? It's a um, oh, I, I never heard of it. I can't even tell you the name of it now. Um, but it, it's this Mossberg gun set up for it. It has a, it's kind of built into the the. Okay. It mounts so there's only three or four types that fit it, and I didn't know that when I bought the gun because I actually bought a Burris and had to send it back because it didn't fit. Mm. And then I found out that there's only a couple that fit it. Yeah, I use a Remington Model 870 Super Mag. Okay. Chambered yeah. in three and a half, and I have a the True Glow sight came on came on the gun when I bought it, and it's like all camoed out and everything. And uh, I've shot four birds with that gun so far. And I, I like it. I use uh, Winchester Longbeard XRs. Yep, that's what I use. Uh, six <clears throat> shot. What shot do you use? Six shot. But yeah, I, for me personally, I've seen the six shot of what it's done to the turkeys at like 40 yards. It's, yeah. It's good. Those TSS rounds they have now are nuts. That's what they say. I haven't shot them yet. I just have so many of the old, you know, the other shells right, I've always right. used. But um, they say they're something. Yeah. My friend from school, he sent me a picture the other day. He found some at a store. I think for like six or eight, I think for six of them, because they come in boxes of six, right? I'm uh, pretty sure it was six. Probably five or six. Five yeah. or six. It yeah. was $75. Yeah. Like, that is nuts. Well, isn't the thing with those TSSs, don't they, like, isn't it like a mix of the different shots? Yeah, I believe it is, yeah. Like, they have, like, so many number sevens, so many, like, sixes, so many nines, They and they pack them in different. That way you get those different ranges. Yeah. yeah. They say, like, you can, like, you can really reach out, and a lot of people are using 410s now, which is sure. crazy. I know. I've been reading a lot on those 410s. It's just amazing how good they shoot, you yeah. know, the different tests that they've done on them. Yeah, like, you, they're killing birds out to 40 50 yards with a 410 it's yeah like holy cow yeah i don't even know i've i haven't shot a bird over 40 yards i would most of the time i like to let them work into the decoys if i can but last year i was set up on a road i wasn't even expecting the birds to be there i like saw the tips of the fans so i crawled back down over the hill set my decoys up and snuck <laughs> back and they came up over and i started calling well they started coming in they they got a little nervous and they put their heads up so i was like well it's now or never yep and i pulled the trigger and i shot him he done instantly and i ran out there i grabbed him i was like i wonder how far this is so i sent him back down i stepped it off it was like 40 yards i was like oh it's next house further than i thought like he looked <laughs> a lot closer than i was like dang he was he was out there yeah i could probably i'm not sure what my effective range is i should probably look into it but i know like at 40 yards it's dead on i mean it, it put some bb's in his head but yeah. I, I should probably put targets out over that just to see what it reach i don't know if i'd shoot turkeys over that but yeah yeah i like to get them in close that's, yeah that's, that's the fun, the fun part yeah <clears throat> mm -hmm. but it doesn't always work that way <clears throat> yeah i is yeah. he put his head up they both these toms put their head up and they were like looking i was like yep they're about to yeah. run <laughs> yeah like, you can always tell whenever it's time yeah uh -huh. it's like now or never well we were talking i don't know was that last night or was that last podcast about how turkeys like don't like if deer really like 
don't like blinds, but then like turkeys like don't for some reason doesn't like process. Yeah, them or I don't something. know if you ever noticed that. Yeah, like, I, yeah, like I said, I've never hunted turkeys out of blinds, but you know, just I know like Jerry and his guys from the Bearded Buck they have on their property, and it just doesn't seem to bother them. Yeah, I, like I, for deer, I like to have them out early because they they like look at them, they're cautious, they'll sneak around them. But like my cousin, we go in some mornings, he carry the blind on his back. We'd go in there, we'd be like 150 yards away from the birds. We'd set the blind up in the dark, get it all popped up. We'd sit in there, and the birds would fly down and come right into the decoys. And we were out in the middle of this one field. Like, we were like 20 yards from any trees yeah. just in the field. It wasn't there yesterday, and they didn't. You they would didn't think go. it would look odd, too. Oh, yeah. They see their us. eyesight's so good. Yeah. You'd think they'd see us, like, I'll be walking 600 yards away. They'll take off running. They see a blind in there that wasn't there last night. They don't care. They'll walk right to it. Yeah. That's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Maybe because it's camouflage. I can't see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's what part of Florida are you going down to hunt? I don't know. We just started looking into it. Um, and, you know, obviously we'll have to find an outfitter. And th- those OCLs, that's the most expensive hunt of any of them. Oh, really? Yeah. From what I've looked into, hmm. um, I think – Probably the outfitters down there know that's kind of like the destination. You know, it's the only place you can get one. True, true. So they kind of know what the market is. Um, but we're not sure yet. Uh, I know Jerry and Austin were just down there uh, a couple weeks ago, and they doubled up. Um, and they were with you know a good friend of theirs. So I think Kirk's going to maybe look into that a little bit. Yeah. But there's a couple other outfitters that I've emailed. Um, just started talking to them. What part is it? Like what part of Florida do you hunt down? There? Uh, it's like more central Florida. Oh, okay. Like the one place that I just emailed, um, it's actually only like 30 minutes away from Daytona Beach. Oh, which, sick. Yeah, it, it, I was <laughs> like, I couldn't believe that's where they were at. But head out to the beach then once you tag yeah. out. Be <laughs> <laughs> hunting them in like shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. It'll be nice to go down there and get away from this Pennsylvania weather too. It would be, yeah. yeah. I'd love to be down there now. Are you gonna if you are lucky enough to finish up your Grand Slam? Are you gonna go for your World Slam? I don't think. You know, I've wanted a Grand Slam for a long time, um, but I've never like going to Mexico. I just don't. It doesn't appeal to me. I guess. I would uh, like to. If I ever do get to do my Grand Slam. I would like to shoot a golds. I don't know if I would go down to wherever those uh, oscillated. Yeah. Are. But the golds, I know there is some places you can find them in uh, the United States, like in the southern, southern part. Uh, yeah, I think like Arizona maybe yeah, or something. Yeah, down the bottom part. Yeah. They got, they're kind of look like a Merriam's. They got some more white to them. Right. I'd like to shoot those. I, I would go for those. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of different kinds. So there's there's only six. Like we were talking on the last podcast. There's only six. Yeah, well, because I, I listened to your last podcast, and I was trying to think, you know, as I'm listening to it, but I, I think you're right, yeah. I, That's I, what I was going to say, the Eastern, the Merriams, the Rio Grande, the Osceola, the Golds, and then the Oscillated. I think yeah. that's yeah. it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're right on that. Does Canada have turkeys? They have Easterns, I know, in certain parts of Canada. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Alaska doesn't have any, which we were talking about. I don't know if you listened to us talking about Alaska. I was like, I wonder why Alaska doesn't have turkeys. It was like the country up there when I was up in Alaska was like almost perfect for turkeys. Tucker's like, doesn't it get dark there? Like, yeah. And like for like six months, I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that probably is a reason. Whenever you were talking about that, I thought it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And it's daytime. Like, I don't know how, like, if birds sleep during the day, if the sunlight has an effect on that, but. Yeah, uh, that would probably be a big thing. So when you go out in the morning and like you hear a bird, like what's your what's your process to like bring him in? Like what's your do you have like a set of steps that you usually go by or? Um, not really. Like I said, you know, I, I 
I tend to try to read the woods more than just have a, a certain mindset. Okay. You know, sometimes you might hear a bird gobble one time and then it shuts up. So, you know, is that bird killable? Maybe not. You know, it, it might be with hens or something. Um, but if I, if I get a bird that's gobbling pretty good off the roost, I try to get in with, I like to be like 150 yards if possible and just sit down and just kind of let the woods kind of wake up around you. Real soft, you know, I try calling soft to start out. And then from there, just wait and see what the bird does. You know, some birds, you know, you read a lot of these articles and guys will tell you, you know, don't be too aggressive. And then the next article you read, you know, be aggressive. And, mm -hmm. But it's, everyone's so different. But, uh, you know, I usually just try to, if, if the bird's reacting to some real hard cutting and, you know, stuff, I'll keep doing it. If they aren't reacting to that, then I'll maybe back off a little bit and pull my slate call out and just do some real soft, you know, clucks or, or purrs with the slate call and um, just try to read what the birds are doing. I think that's the biggest mistake a lot of guys make or they're afraid to do anything. Like, they, you know, they don't know. And you're going to mess up more times than you're successful. Yeah. You know, if anybody that hunts turkeys tells you they don't mess up, they aren't <laughs> hunting them right. Yeah. So I've always had the mindset you just – can't be afraid, you know, just go ahead and try whatever you think's working. And sometimes it doesn't work. Most times it doesn't work, but when it does, it's, it's well worth it. Yeah. That's what we were talking like in the last podcast. I didn't know how to run a uh, mouth call to do like uh, yelps and cuts and stuff, but I could do like a putt. Yeah. And I just did that and all in a row, I just go burp, burp, burp. and he would gobble every single time. And I ended up killing him just for doing that. I didn't know how to do yeah. a single other call and that worked. Right, yeah. And he was just get, a killable bird. Right, you get the right birds. Um, you don't have to be a great caller, you know. It's there, there's a lot of guys that are successful that they really can't call very good. Yeah, <laughs> but they're good. They're good woodsmen. Yeah, <clears throat> I think it's pretty cool. Your dad, he hunted with a recurve the most of his life, correct? And yeah, longbows and recurves. That's crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's something I never got into, and it's it's funny. There again, maybe by being left-handed, I never really had a chance. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, he, he loves it, and he, he's made his own bows. He shot a lot of game with a longbow and recurve. Yeah. yeah. I had a chance to talk to him over Christmas, and the stories that he had with it were, were just were crazy, especially knowing what he was using, too, and the equipment, too, yeah. and how effective he was. Like, that's – I mean, like, when you have someone like that to learn from, to right. take – using the bare equipment, he's a woodsman, you yeah. know, like – Sometimes I feel like we use our equipment as a crutch, but you know he used you know the bare the bare minimum. So yeah, and and Dad doesn't hunt out of a tree stand, which blows my mind too. Wow, you know so um, I I I I bet you I could maybe think once or twice ever I've seen him crawl up in a tree stand, <clears throat> and they were mine, you know, like a ladder stand mm -hmm. or something I had. But he doesn't have one. He's never really hunted out of them. So most of the deer and stuff he shot turkeys too with his with his longbow. And, um, you're, you know, he's just behind a tree or, you know, uses the tree as cover. And, yeah, so I, I learned a lot from my dad just being around, you know. And I, I had a big passion for hunting from as long as I can ever remember. So everything was, you know, an eye-opener to me no matter what. You know, I loved just being outside and being in the woods. And it, it was a big help having him as a mentor. Yeah, yeah, that, that's cool. I don't even know if I could shoot a longbow. I'm still learning how to shoot a compound. Yeah, I know. I know. I I practice like all summer long, almost every single night that I can, clearing up until season and in through season two. And like I'm I'm decent at, it, but nothing prepares you for like whenever it's in the moment, like you're shaking and like everything's happening. 
everything that you learn kind of like yeah. out of your mind. And I'm still working on that mental state of yeah. like to calm down. Like we talked about before, like rifle hunting. I've shot a lot of bucks with the rifle and it's kind of just like, okay, I can calm down. I can shoot them. I can get my, but with archery, I'm still getting that like, holy smokes, like the panic. <laughs> and then like, I, well, that's one good thing about practicing the way you did because then it just becomes second nature. Yeah. Because you know, when you're worked up, you know, at least you have that. That's, I, that's I've good. actually tried people. My mom laughs at me whenever I do it, but in the summer, every once in a while, I'll just take laps around yeah. the house, just run yeah. and run and run until I get my heart beating. I'm like, and I'll just pick up my bow pull an arrow back and I'll put it at the target 20, 30, 40 yards and I'll just swing one to see what it does. And like at 20 and 30 yards, I'm pretty accurate. 40, I haven't, I won't shoot a deer over 30 yards yet because I'm not proficient enough. But at 40 yards, I'm like, I'm off to the side. I was like, oh, I can't do that because if I'm this worked up doing this, that's how I am when I'm trying to mm -hmm. shoot a deer. I can't. So I always trying to practice like in the real life situation. That's great. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, everybody should take that same mentality. Yeah. yeah it would, you know, a lot of guys don't ever practice at all. They go out. Yeah. You know. And yeah. It's just not good. Yeah, you have those guys that like don't even sight in their rifles or their bow. Yeah. They just go uh, out there and they just yeah. I was talking to my one friend up at school, and he said his dad he'll shoot his bow one time before the season, as long as it's hitting, it's hitting. He's like, it's good, and he goes into the woods, and <laughs> I guess he said he hasn't had any problems with it yet, but I just couldn't. Oh, you yeah. know, like I, I was shooting in, I was telling Macaulay, I was shooting in my broadheads for turkeys and the ones I was going to use. Luckily I did because at 20 yards, my arrow drifted like six to eight inches to the wow. left. Like just completely took a turn. Yeah. I'm like, well, thank gosh, I would have missed the bird completely. It would have shot to his side. So now I got to go and I'm going to use the broadheads that I use for um, my deer this year. I didn't want to use them, but I'm going to. I might go get some expandables, too. I was I, just going to ask you if you tried expandables. Well, I was thinking about it. I don't trust them for deer just because there's so much bone in a deer and just, like, the thickness of a deer. But with a turkey, they're so dense, too, compared to a deer. I feel mm -hmm. like they can really open up a broadhead. And you're not going to have to worry about deflection, I feel like, as much. Because, I mean, the only bone you really got to think about in the area you're shooting is, like, the wing bone, maybe. Right. If you hit a little high, you're hitting the spine. But... If you hit them in the spine, they're not going anywhere, and you can go finish yeah. them off. I'm thinking about that. Um, I just had those. But, yeah, I, I really thought about because then you get such a big diameter with – I mean, you only have, what, like two inches, three inches on a turkey? On a turkey, yeah. There's not a lot of kill area. Yeah. So having a bigger broadhead would help. That's why I was trying to use those big ones because I only have an inch cutting diameter now, and I just – I don't know. There's not a lot of room for air. Right. You know? I have uh, expandables. That's what I killed my buck last year with. It did open up a hole on him, surprisingly. Like I, I was worried about that too. Like with the ribs, I don't know how far apart deer ribs are. Probably like two inches, I guess. Oh, I wouldn't. I think there's a turkey right behind you out in the field. See it clear at the end of the field. No, that was there. Was it? It's like was a it? black thing. It's yeah. a black. I just saw. I just looked over. And I didn't see it before. You know, I thought. Funny. <laughs> Me and Brady walked out of here last night, and that was there. And then up in the corner, there's like this opening. There's a stump. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know if you peek up there, up in the top. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just looked there. Oh, no, that's something. That's ironic. I've the black. Lived, I've lived here my whole life, and every single time I come down here, it gets me every time. <laughs> oh wait, oh, no, that's yeah. just that stuff. <laughs> but like I said, like you only have like two and a half inches between ribs, maybe. And an expandable like gets in there and it say it's wide open and it hits those ribs. I'm not sure like what it does, but it did open up like on his side. It did yeah. open him up a lot, and that's 
if I, so I'm gonna probably get two tags. I'm gonna try and kill my first one with my shotgun. And then if I have time, I'd like to try and kill him with my bow. And if I have the opportunity, I'd like to try and shoot him in the head, like strutting towards me. Oh, yeah. Me. I'd like to try that. That's But if the opportunity doesn't present itself, obviously I'll try anything else. Might but, have to do a Texas heart shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they say that's the most effective when you're on a turkey. That's yeah. what they said. They, yeah. they have, like, four pictures of, like, the different places right. you can shoot, and that's one of them. Yeah. And it's like, man, I, I don't know. I guess you could pull back, like, when you see him start to turn, you could and, like, pull it back. And then whenever he turned, just let one fly. But man, I can, not being able to see him, I feel like that'd be I don't that know. That would be hard. I it think would, yeah. too. Yeah. The other thing is, is like, I don't know. I I would I want to take a shot, a frontal shot right at the gizzard, or maybe a little little lower, because it gives you a little bit left and right. If you're a little high, you're gonna hit him in the head. Yeah. If you're a little low, you're still in that chest cavity area. Just shave his beard off. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> hopefully it doesn't happen. But but with deer, I just don't trust expect. Like I've researched a lot. And there's actually studies where they have deer, where an expand will go into a deer, go straight in the shoulder, and deflect off ribs and go yeah. straight up or straight down. And if you look at their blades, I mean, some of their blades are tiny. The, I use a Rage expandable, and that's I've had other ones that I didn't trust because uh, mm -hmm. I've had some things happen. But uh, since I switched to the Rage, <clears throat> and I mean, it's blowing big holes through them like, that's what i use put the rage year. in the cage yeah, yeah it's just i haven't had any knock on wood i haven't had any trouble with them yeah yeah, yeah. I've, but they, I've, they fly so nice which ones do you use do you use the two and a half inch two and a half yep that's what i that's what i shot my buck last year with a lot of people swear by the schwackers too <clears throat> ted nugent ted nugent does, yeah <laughs> yeah the spirit of the wild yeah. man but <laughs> levi morgan's shooting them now too and he's like the biggest name in target archery like you know real big hunter and he actually has his own um his own broadhead with them now so i mean i don't know i that'd be one i'd like to try but i saw they're called annihilator broadheads they were at the outdoor show i, don't know I didn't see them no but they're a three blade but the way they're machined out it's kind of like this and then there's a hoop and there's a lot of meat in the center of them huh. so it's supposed to go in and kind of create a cavity as sure. it goes through instead if you put like the thin like expandable or even just regular fixed those like when you cut through it that skin can leave like go back shut, down and reshut shut itself real easy but their claim is is when you open it up it doesn't go back and it like deforms it so it has more bleeding they say you don't have a lot of blood trailing but they have videos of them i don't recommend it but they have videos of them shooting deer in the leg and it actually blew through its front shoulder and then broke its back its wow. other leg and just completely just left a big hole they were shooting them in the shoulder blades clean pass through on both shoulder blades with these things so i think that's what i'm gonna go with i for some reason my head when i shoot deer i think like i'm real nervous about that front shoulder yeah because i shot a deer last year in the shoulder and it barely went in their shoulder blades are so tough yeah there's a big you know there's a big bone right there too that right you, you know if right. you hit that you're <laughs> a lot of times it's you're Rude. Yeah. That's what happened to me last year. The same, the buck I killed actually hit him twice. I shot him the first time and I killed him. So the first time, he was coming up the field edge, and I was I only had two windows, and he passed by the first window. I drawled back. And I got ready for the second window where he stopped, and he turned and he was kind of like looking towards me a little bit, like quarter and two. But I was like, he's at twenty yards. I practiced at twenty <laughs> yards re religiously. I was like, I can sneak it in behind that front shoulder. 
Well, right as I like hit my uh, on my release, I just touched it. And the second I did that, he turned and looked right at me. And my arrow was flying. And it like smacked him like almost straight in the shoulder bone. I was like, at first I thought maybe it like missed and it hit that in front and went back through a little yeah. bit. Because it looked like I got about that much penetration. But I think it hit the shoulder bone and skipped in and missed everything vital. And there was, he ran down through the woods. There was blood, not right at the impact, but about, I don't know, 10 yards. Because he took some pretty big leaps to get out of there. And whenever we found the blood it was piles i was like holy smokes maybe i did kill him <laughs> and so i started getting excited and we followed blood for 175 yards and i just dried up and never found him. tucker came out my family we did some great search and didn't find anything and then exactly a month later i uh shot him on november 14th and killed him which oh, is wow. which is crazy too because it is a he's a tough deer he's at 27 yards i shot him it went i don't know i probably got a foot of penetration went into him he took off running down through the woods and there's a little dip in the woods and i could see him standing down there going like this yeah. well he fell over and we couldn't see him anymore because where he fell he went down over the hill and we still waited because i wasn't screwing i didn't want to screw it up so i waited like an hour and 45 minutes before my parents even came back on the foiler and then even from then till we took up the blood and everything there was blood on the trees sprayed on the ground wow. it had bubbles in it so i thought oh well, he's dead down here so we started sneaking down and Emily says, there he's laying. Well, whenever she said that, he looked up like this. I was like, oh, my God. Like, he's like 80 yards away. I was like, oh, I can't shoot him with my bow. Yeah. <laughs> so he gets up, and he stumbles down through the woods. And then we get a snowstorm. Everything gets covered up. I'm a wreck. I was like, I can't believe this just happened. Mm. Next day we got there, he only went like another 200 yards. They're amazing, like, though. Yeah, tough. Yeah, they just are. so yeah. tough. Like, I think... He might have been in the video. I'm off to um, his right a little bit, so I, he probably was my shot. Probably hit him at a little bit of a quartering angle. And I think I caught it one lung and then went back into the liver. Yeah. And they say they can live a little while with uh, one lung, but I was like two hours after watching him wobble the way he did. Like I had it on video too. Like he's down there like wobbling, and then he falls over. Like usually when you see that, they're done. Yeah. 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 He he just wasn't. It was crazy. How many deer have you shot with a bow or crossbow? Um. I have to get back to my journal. I wasn't. I didn't really study my journal for deer. I was more turkey. Yeah. How yeah. many? How many turkeys did you kill? Uh, yeah. Last year, I shot my 80th turkey. Wow. Um, <laughs> no, I've hunted Maryland, West Virginia, yeah. obviously Pennsylvania, uh, Nebraska. Then last year, but uh, that was kind of like a, a milestone for me. Yeah, that, that is, is nuts. And you, yeah. hopefully, you got a few good years left in you. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hit a hundred. That's well. Yeah, it would be neat. Um, and like I said, now. I'm to the point now where I, I still enjoy shooting them, but calling them in, um, and, and I, I don't know how many birds I've ever had in gun range, you know. But I know like one year, in the first three days, I had some guys we were with, and we had 11 birds come in to gun range in three days. That's cool. And like wow. it was just one of those years where everything was working right. But uh, that's that's what I enjoy. Yeah. Do you go to put them to roost then the night before? Yeah, sometimes yeah. I do. Yeah. Um, I've never had long, very much luck um, hunting them at night, you know, in the second part of the season. Yeah. I've hunted them, but um, I rarely hear them gobble much until right at dark. Mm-hmm. I've never. I haven't. I mean, maybe it's just because of the bad weather we've been having this year. But I like to go out and listen to them at night. And I've gone out a few nights already when it was nice out. And I've, I've watched them go into the woods. I heard them fly up, and I'll sit there, and then it'll get pitch dark. I'll do a few out hoots. 
they won't gobble. Yeah. And I know there's long beards with them. Mm-hmm. And then I just, so I just leave and I can't go out in the mornings that often. So I don't know if they're gobbling or not. Yeah. Haven't, I've only heard a few gobble this year. Last year, it was like every single time I'd walk out, it was like... Bruh, 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 yeah, bruh, I haven't heard many either yet. I, I think the weather has to have something to it do with it. To. I know they say the daylight and, and everything, is a, but just it has to have something to do with it because I haven't... And I'm, I'm out all the time. Like before work, I listen. There's certain spots where I just go every day. And last year, I could hear birds. My gosh, I think I started hearing like in March. Yeah. You know, and all through, see, you know, and I just haven't heard them much this year. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like roosting birds. I think it's fun. I've never had any luck killing one off the roost, though. They always just seemed like every time I did it, they'd always just fly off the other way <laughs> and then never come in. But I always had luck having them come up to a field. I, I've always had that kind of luck. I'd set up in a field where I know they're coming to, put the decoys out, call a little bit, and they've, I've always had luck coming that way. But Do you owl hoot and stuff to them? Is that how you, how do you? Yeah, do you crow, like crow or owl hoot okay. is usually what I try to do for my locator. Yeah. Um, I, I really like the owl hoot. You know, I think that's probably one of the best. Um, crows, especially where I hunt most of the time, there's crows everywhere anyhow. Yeah. So I don't know that that's effective or not because the, the crows are calling They're anyhow. They're so used to it, yeah. Every once in a while, like, there's a lot of crows. Just the other day, there was, like, 50 of them back at our one farm, and they were all hollering and stuff. And every once in a while, you'd hear a turkey gobble. But, you know, like, once they start getting real loud, they uh-huh. gobble, like, I've noticed, like, sometimes I'll hear crows calling way over here, and I can hear them, and I know the turkey will probably hear them, but he doesn't gobble. But then they'll fly right over top of him when they holler right above him, then he gobbles. Yeah, they shock gobble. Yeah, I've heard him gobble back, oh, man, it was the first day uh, a few years ago, and it was, the one, it was the one season I didn't get a bird. And it was, like, rain and downpour, thunder and lightning on the first day. And it was, like, the thunder cracked, and right before the lightning, you heard all the birds on the hillside gobble, and then it lightning. It was the coolest <laughs> yeah, thing. they're they're amazing like that. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be a turkey up in a tree during a thunder and lightning I storm. I wonder how many turkeys <laughs> get killed that way. <laughs> yeah, it'd be crazy. I mean, it's got to be a certain number. I'm sure like, it has to US. happen, yeah. especially out where you were saying where they only like roost in three or four trees. Like that's the only thing during yeah. the storm. Yeah, it's the highest <laughs> point. <laughs> they're all fried there there's a bunch of drumsticks and stuff yeah. like that's like you see out west like those cattle that get hit by lightning all under one tree and it'll wipe out 50 cows all in one lightning strike that happened here in berlin before there's a farmer that lives out um next to the one major highway with the ox no this oh. is they're heifers <laughs> they're heifers they, i guess there's like a watering hole right next to a tree the only tree in the pasture and i guess they were all circled around the tree the lightning struck it, killed a bunch of them. Wow, oh, that would just suck. Yeah, I feel crazy. like that would have to happen with turkeys. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it does. Like, yeah. there's a property over next to one of ours, our neighbors. The other year, he found a a tree fell on a deer. He just found it right after the deer died. He could see where the the marks were wherever he tried to get up. Think of the odds of walking through the woods and a tree just right yeah. on a deer. I never, when there's a tree down in the woods, I'd never walk under it. <laughs> like, yeah, when they're hung up, I just walk around it. <laughs> the old widow maker. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, well, it's it's been a fun podcast. Yeah. Yeah, it has been. Uh, this is this is really neat that you guys are doing this. Uh, I think it's great. You know, the technology is so different now that you can just sit around and talk on it. And like, 
let people listen to it. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm surprised by the number. Like I was expecting like 10 views of video. Mm-hmm. I, like I was never like expecting like so many more people to like listen to it. Like actually, like it's just me and Tucker most of the time, and like we bring on guests like you. I don't know why people want to sit here and listen to me yeah, talk about hunting, yeah. but I guess it's, <laughs> yeah, I guess it's interesting, and people actually do like to listen to it. So it's kind of cool. Hopefully, yeah. like we can put stuff on YouTube. We want to start putting our podcast on YouTube because yeah. YouTube seems like the most universal thing. Like everybody has YouTube. So we're going to try and put the audio on there. That way maybe people can listen to it. Yeah, I appreciate you frequently listening to our videos. Oh, I do. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I like to walk after work. I try to walk. And whenever whenever I know you have a new one up, I put my ear, ear pods in and I just listen to it while I'm walking. It's, well, thank you. Yeah, yeah that's much it. appreciated. It's, that's so cool to hear like people like say like oh i was doing this while i listened to it yeah there's people like send me videos sometimes like on snapchat they're like they'll have they'll be working in a shop and they'll have like a speaker there and they'll be playing our uh um podcast yeah that's, work. that's great you yeah. guys do a good job of it you really do well, thank, thank you. you yeah i'm glad you. you came on someone a little more knowledge than two 19 yeah. and 20 year well, olds someone like, I said, like you that a lot of had. a lot of years in the woods and i i always say i'm very lucky i've been lucky so yeah. that helps I'm excited for your episode of the Bearded Buck to come on. I am too. You know, I don't know how much, I don't know how much I'll actually be on because, like, I just saw bits and pieces of the footage, um, and the the second bird that I shot, um, there was a lot of things that went on with that, mm-hmm. and I don't know that they can use much of that footage or not. The first one, I think we got, and that was a huge bird, um, but I think we got real good footage of that one. I don't remember. Did you get them mounted? No. 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 I have the. Um, the tail feathers and like the breast feathers out and laid out but um the the biggest bird the the big one i shot was the merriam and it had three beards and it had one real good beard and then that's the other cool. two like five and six inches but the one was like 10 inches and merriams cool. usually don't get that no that's beard. what they were saying out there like like and it had big spurs i mean it was just a really big bird because easterns are all around like one of the biggest birds i yeah. think like for spur lengths like all that kind of good stuff and like I think, uh, like the Merriams, I think their beards usually get around seven, eight inches long. Is yeah, this normal? was this was a really good bird from what they were saying out there. It was, <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, that is cool. So is that what is your biggest bird? Um, beard beard wise, spurs, everything um, like all around. Well, what's yeah? You can tell us your heaviest bird, your biggest I, beard, uh, bird probably the heaviest. We you know, weigh them not on official scales, but twenty six pounds. Um, I have a couple birds that are 11, 11 and a half inch beards. I have a good many like that. Um, the biggest spur I got is an uh, inch and a half. That's pretty big. That's, wow. Yeah, that's a big, <laughs> that's a big set of spurs on Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the, the, like I said, I've been re- really lucky to be around some you know big birds like that. Yeah, yeah, I've never killed a bird with a beard bigger than uh, 10 and a quarter inch, which I that's don't... still pretty big. Did you see the ones, all the beards I have down in the basement when you were... I don't... Were they with your deer skulls? They were, yeah, but I don't know if... I have them laying out on a table. I've got I several think, there. I don't think I did. Probably no. not, yeah. I'll have to show them to you sometime. Do you have, like... Do you have something from every turkey you've shot? No. No. No, I don't. Um, you know, and a lot of them, you know, I, there's many jakes that I've shot mm-hmm. in my lifetime. And that's the other thing. I don't... Guys get hung up on, you know, big birds... But to me, it's about the experience. And, you know, I've shot 80, 80 spring gobblers, and I'm not saying I won't shoot a Jake, because if, if they're coming in and putting on a show and you, you, know, you work hard for it, I think it's about the experience. Um, 
I'd like to shoot a big one every time, but I'm not saying I would never shoot a Jake either because I think it just takes away from, you know, people get it in their head to have to shoot the biggest one. And I think that takes away from actually while you're out there just to enjoy it. Yeah. That's kind of how you are with deer hunting too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and where we hunt deer on game lands, I mean, unfortunately there's a lot of pressure and, you know, the chances to have like a farm raised deer that you can watch for three mm-hmm. or four years it just doesn't happen. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is a lot harder on when there's lots of pressure. Especially PA public land. Yeah. Like, if you noticed over the last couple of years, like, a, like more and more people coming in and hunting and getting in your area, like, does it seem like more people are hunting public land? Because it seems like there's a big trend now for public hunting. I think the... Like, it's cool to be a public hunter. Yeah. Think, Have you noticed that at all? Well, but actually, I've noticed a decline on the game lands that I hunt, um... It just seems like there's not as many guys hunting now as there was maybe 15 years ago. Um, but I think the ones that are hunting are there a lot. You know, I think they're, they're more of a dedicated hunter yeah. than just the guy that goes out the first day of rifle. And, you know, that's, that's how he does. I think the hunting public just kind of started that trend uh-huh. a little bit. Because they, they do, like, go around all the states and just hunt public land, everything. Have you seen them at all? Yeah. yeah. And I think I think a lot of people, I mean, they have a ton of subscribers to YouTube and stuff. I think when people watch those videos, they're like, well, if those guys can do it on public land, so can we. And they've killed a lot of big bucks, a lot of turkeys. Yeah. Yep. Like, if they can do it, we can do it. And I think that's kind of started that trend a little bit. Public land's kind of cool, too, because, you, know, you know, you're not the only one out there. So you can be a little more risky with your moves, too, a little bit. Yeah. Because, you know... If you don't bump a deer, there's a good chance someone else could bump right. it too. I think those guys hunt like they go all in. Like they're only there Spawn for three stock. days, so they're going doing everything. It doesn't matter how crazy they'll get right up into the bedding areas where like we try to stay a little bit out of the bedding areas sure. to not blow it out. They're going right in, and they have some really cool experiences. I just like I think those guys just hunt so hard. Yeah, like it's every day they're out. You know, every day they're traveling states. When they're there, they're hunting hard. They're walking miles back in getting in ghillie suits like just making moves that a lot of hunters don't like i think even i get stuck into the just putting up a stand and going to that stand like some guys around here they'll hang a stand and that'll be their stand for years yeah you know yeah and they just don't i don't know like and the mobile hunting thing which i think came off of the public land hunting a lot is like having a mobile setup to be able to move you know climbing sticks that's climbing sticks yeah i have like four climbing sticks with a platform i'll i'll strap them together and like i'll just i have like four or five different ones and i'll throw the ladders up and put a bunch of different stuff sometimes i'll carry like a platform Mm -hmm. with me i'll put different ladders up a different place i'll climb up strap the platform fast and i hunt that way sometimes i got one of those platforms that are supposed to be mobile it's like a knockoff uh lone wolf okay yeah it's called an xop it is the most uncomfortable stand i've ever been i I see how it's great to just go in and hang it and if you have like the right sticks and stuff to hang it up but it is the most the seat's tiny and then the the pad wears down after the first 30 minutes and then your it hurts and then you're like sitting straight (laughs) up against the tree it's not the best but for moving around i could see how it would be good but for like comfort and stuff i don't know how like have you seen the saddle hunting at all I down in Harrisburg I actually yeah. saw I don't I, I don't like heights anymore the older I get the worse yeah. it's getting <clears throat> but I don't know how that could be comfortable but I don't like I like the simplest thing 
I don't. I'm not good with ropes and stuff. Mm-hmm. That confuses me. Yeah. I didn't. I wasn't in the Boy Scouts or anything. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't even know how to tie knots very well. And these guys get up there. They throw the ropes around, doing stuff. Like when I get up in the stand, I just like to sit down, hang my gear up, and I'm done. Like I don't want to be screwing. That's around. how I am too. And like they they're up there. They're hanging stuff. They're wrapping the thing around. I'm getting the. I'm like that's so confusing. Yeah. I was considering it. I was thinking about getting. A platform just the platform and having um, the saddle and then just getting a bunch of sticks and ladders and that way just buying like the ladders and just put a bunch of ladders and pre-hung sets that way in the morning all I have to do is just stick that on the side of the tree that takes like um, 30 seconds yeah hop on it and then put your you know your stuff on but I don't know I just think, like they say, you can get up a tree and ha- be fully set up in 10 or 15 minutes. Holy but smokes, working, that's a lot of... Yeah, and they say, I guess when you're just going out and you're setting up, but if you're tight to deer, I mean, 10 or 15 minutes in the dark up in the trees. It's a lot of screwing around. You know you're making noise. Holy yeah, smokes, I hate, yeah. I hate, I don't even use a flashlight, like, that's just me. I, like, I don't know if flashlight really affects deer or not, like, but I know where my stands are. I have paths and stuff made to yep. get to them. And, like, I'll just go in dark, like, base, like, mm-hmm. the light in the morning a little bit with the moonlight. I can get to my stand, yep. climb up quick, and just get set up, like, mess up as little bit as possible. Mm-hmm. No, like, I could see publicly and how that would be good. Like, I hunt, it's kind of public out where, you know, I live. And it would be nice because then nobody's climbing up in your tree either, yeah. you know? Sitting in your stand. <laughs> Sitting in your stand, yeah. Because yeah. if, you know, you take the... You take the bottom step out and your platform, it's just sticks. They can't really do anything. I mean, they can set their own stuff up beside it, but do you have any problems with people ever messing with your stuff on public land at all? Um, knock on wood, not really. Um, hmm. And we'll, we'll carry in a, a, a good many ladder stands because all of us are older now too. So the climbing stands, um, we kind of got started getting away from them, buying, but you know, that's just takes a lot of work, you know, carrying ladder stands oh, in and yeah. out. and. Um, but most places that we hunt, um, like I said, they're, they're, they're not right by the roads or they're pretty far off the beaten path, so we haven't had too much problem with it. Well, that's good. What about trail cameras? Trail cameras can be sold a lot. Not yet. Uh, <laughs> I know it's going to happen. I'm a big, are you, you like trail cameras a lot? Oh, yeah. I'm, I, trail cameras, for me, people will probably argue with me. I think that is if the best tool for trying to kill deer. For me, at least, mm-hmm. I have 13 of them. Yeah. And I put them on two different farms, and those are my most useful tools. It's fun to just go out and. I, that's my favorite. Part the anticipation too. of seeing yeah. what's on them is. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. when you get the card home, and then you're like sitting on your computer. It's like I swear it's like Christmas when yeah. you first plug it in, and then you're looking through. Now they have the ones that come right to your phone. Yep. Yeah, I have one. I just I have. I'm a, looking at getting them too. I have yeah. a Maltry, it's, I have a Maltry Mobile. Um, it sends it right to my phone. The only thing that I can complain about it, other the picture quality is great and everything. But it doesn't send me every single image it takes, which I think it's supposed to, but it doesn't. I didn't know that until just this past week. My SD card was getting full, and it'll you can set it that it'll delete the oldest pictures mm-hmm. um, and put the new ones on. But I was like, I'll just clear it off. Well, I get on there, I start looking through the pictures, and the the other day I had a group of turkeys come through, and I only got two pictures. I was like, well, they probably just moved through really quick. Well, there was six other pictures on there that it didn't send me. I was like, well, holy smokes, <sighs> there was a. I was like, well, if it's been doing this the entire time I've had it, I could have missed a lot of information back mm-hmm. like in the rut and stuff. Sure. I had it on a scrape, and I got this one picture of a buck with this huge split, too. And I, it was a crappy picture because of the fog. 
And I'm wondering, like, now, like, well, maybe it took more pictures of them. Those pictures are gone now. I'll never know. Yeah, yeah. And that's the only complaint I have is you can't be 100% sure that's sending you all the pictures. Other than that, it does give you a pretty good idea. I don't know. That's just my only complaint. I haven't tried any other brands yeah. other than Moultrie. I, I'm not really particular on cameras I use. I have um, I have one old Bushnell, a trophy cam from back in, like, 2013, which isn't that old, but trail cameras-wise it is. Um I have a few mall trees. I like my stealth cams. I have a lot of stealth cams. And I recently got started on Browning. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Browning makes a really, really good camera. Their cameras are expensive. Um, I think uh, my Brownings are around 90 bucks for one, but they take amazing pictures. They have good customer service, too, because I bought a Browning, and for some odd reason, I don't know if it just got moisture in it, but it, was on, it wasn't taken, um, the flash wasn't, working on some pictures at night i just don't know if like it was sat out for a while and the cold got in and sometimes the moisture gets in yeah there's like a seal and sometimes that seal breaks i've had that happen on a camera yeah. before and then the moisture just ruins it but i took it in over the summer and kept it inside for a couple months and then threw it back up i was like well it's not gonna hurt like it's better than sitting in even if i get some pictures right. it's better than none and it started working but i called browning and they were like oh yeah like try this try this and then just send it in and if it doesn't work we'll send you a new one like great customer service and usually like i feel like these companies that make these trail cameras they it's like some third party thing that like some company is like oh i don't know like they just yeah. put their name on it yeah. yeah yeah and then you know you're not talking to someone that actually knows but i actually had someone who works on the cameras like an actual like sales rep and yeah you could actually understand what he was saying too which is a big help That helps, I, yeah. I hate when you call customer service they don't speak the same language yeah. as you. <laughs> and I actually, I was calling about the editing software we were getting the other day. And this lady, I don't know where she was or whatever, but there was like this really loud just humming. And I couldn't even understand what she was saying. I said, ma'am, I can't understand you. I can't hear you. Like, I don't even hear your voice. And so she like called me back three times and I just quit answering because i'm like you can't help me if i can't yeah. hear you it's a little off topic rant but yeah <laughs> so what kind of camera brands do you use mostly? oh my gosh i don't even know we have between me and my buddies i think we probably have 12 to 14 i and honestly i'm not picky you know yeah. if, if i find one at cabela's or something and we just get them but um, I know we don't have any Brownings because that is one I, I know we don't have. Well, if you're looking to get a good one, I mean, I've had some for two years now. I mean, cameras don't last a lot. I've noticed that like if you can get a camera to last four years without screwing yeah. up, that's yeah. pretty good. And the last two years, they've been doing really well. Uh, so I recommend those. The only, I've had, I haven't had luck with Spy Point. That's just me. I haven't had luck with Spy Point. Yep. I know someone who has two Spy Points. And they're pretty good, but I've had guys that got those, um, they're like $100 for the cellular ones, and they sent them back. They just didn't work. I, right I know the same the thing, yeah. I've had two different guys I know have trouble with this cellular. That's why I didn't do it yet, because I'm yeah. just not sold on them yet. The Tacticams, the reveals have been like what I've heard are the best. My yeah. friend has one up at college, and he shows me the pictures, and they look crystal clear. It goes from 12 to 26 megapixels. But the higher resolution you get, the less pictures you get because it just takes more energy and data to send the pictures. Yeah. Um, but just crystal clear, they send all the time. He said the camera works right. And I looked at the reviews and they say like that's supposed, nice. they're a little more pricey. I think they're like $120 a camera. But I wanna get one just cause like, there's a lot of times I hate when you put the card in 
or you forget to put the card in, or you don't turn the camera on. <laughs> I yeah. hate that. Or, like, the other day, I had the camera. I had this one camera I stopped and picked up. I forgot to take the card out. I took the card out and ended up putting the card back in. And I get home, and I look, put it in, and it's, like, old pictures that I already had. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't even take the card out. And then, like, right before the right before the season, you only have so many times to check your camera, right. really. And plus, like, during the rut, if you know, you see this buck showing up at your stand, like, you know, a night or two, and or he's getting close to daylight, you're like, well, maybe I should go sit here. Because how many times you, like, open up your camera card, and then you're like, oh, there's this nice buck, like, daylight in front of my, ca- my <laughs> should have been tree here. stand. Should have yeah. been there, yeah, or he was there two nights before. You and know? it also sucks, though, with I've had it happen. I've had a Moultrie Mobile over top of a scrape 20 yards from my stand, and I couldn't get out that afternoon because we were chopping corn. I, I wanted to go out, but I couldn't. It was a nice night. And the one buck guy I wanted to shoot came right at my stand, hit the scrape, and walked by. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, you, they could be a curse, too. When you yeah, know, yeah. For sure. And then you're like, oh, no, no. <laughs> like, you're sitting there, like, while you're working. Like, oh, no. <laughs> I know a lot of guys say how, like, they got so addicted to it. Like, they'd be at work just, like, waiting for the next, like, oh, the next camera to, yeah. or picture I to could come see through. How that can yeah. <laughs> It is addicting. It's like a drug. Yeah, <laughs> I honestly, though. Em, she'll yell at me all the time. Emily will. I'll be like, we'll be doing something, and I'll pull out my phone. She's like, what are you doing? And I, she'll look, and I'll be multi-mobile. She's like, knock it off. <laughs> that's, I'm big with watching hunting YouTube videos. Like, That's just what I watch. Yeah. Like, me and Lake will be hanging out. She's like, why are you watching more hunting videos? Like, They're all the same. <laughs> but I'm like, so it's what so you, addicting. What do you think about Tucker uh, dating your niece? <laughs> so, so far, so good. <laughs> okay. Yep. Uh, I don't know about him, though. <laughs> yeah, so far, so good. Uh, uh, that's that's good. <laughs> Had to pick on him a little bit. <laughs> if I knew how to run these buttons, I would do like a, like one of these effects, but I don't know how to run this quite yet. Yeah, right. and who knows what Jaden has saved those buttons to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Knowing Jaden, you didn't get a chance to meet him, but who knows what could be on them. <laughs> yeah, he did get to see him a little bit before he left. He had to move his truck so Jaden could get oh, out. Oh, he's a character. Yeah. He actually started his own um, podcast called the Yosty Toasty Show, and it's just him and his friends just like, pretty much BSing about random stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that's kind of why, you know, we're pretty lucky that, like, he had the stuff and wanted to do his own thing because kind of used ours, I feel like, as a test dummy for his, and it's yeah, I'm it's glad. Working. Yeah, he's he's our uh, producer, I guess. I was going to tell him before I left, he, I didn't get a chance, like, whenever we start making videos, I want a p- uh, picture of his logo so I can put it on, like, uh-huh. the, yeah. on the videos. <laughs> yeah, if you, I don't know if you noticed, but it says, like, under the farmland farmland hunters is by yosty toasty studios oh no i never even noticed yeah, and that's like his like <laughs> okay his brand, his brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah i guess it'd be his thing so shout out to that yeah <laughs> but when Jaden, you're listening to this tomorrow thanks for editing he'll yeah. probably cut this all out because we talked about him before on here and he, he doesn't just, like it. he just edited it all out <laughs> leave it in, leave it in here actually i'll edit it i'll ha- i'll put it on i'll edit on yeah here. we'll put it back in if you take it out <laughs> yeah so well this was a good podcast yeah, yeah. thanks for having me guys I yeah really appreciate i really it. appreciate you coming on yeah it's fun yeah yep. well thank you see you guys see you